Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What's going on, To The Point listeners? It's your boy, host of To The Point, Chris Yano, and as well with me, like always, when his rhino hat, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, brother? Yano, uh, Merry Christmas in July, my friend. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. We'll get into that later, but I want to talk to the listeners really quickly because yeah. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed by a trend I've seen after the first like 20 episodes or so. Okay, go. So what our listeners may or may not know is you and I, obviously we do the show together, but we work together and we work together like sometimes it seems like all day and well into the night. So we're on lots of calls. Yesterday we were on a call and I just love how people who listen to the show automatically assume that you're the fun one and I'm the boring one. <laughs> like they automatically are like, oh, we're so excited to have you guys on. Paul, we're going to send you all the spreadsheets. And Chris, we're going to party with you in New Orleans. <laughs> I just, I'm trying to figure out through these episodes, like where people are getting that. Because today I'm starting, uh, I'm going to change my image. I'm the fun one. I need people to know the truth. I'm the fun one. That's uh Fiction can be fun. <laughs> well, listen, I think that you're fun, okay? Um, I also think that uh, you could be more fun at times, um, you know, but you're fun to hang out with. You're a funny guy. I think tall Paul is funny. So, so I want that, that was a leadership lesson that I want all of our listeners to hear. Like that was, the, <laughs> that was my first official performance employee review at Rhino. You're fun. You could be a lot more fun. I get that. I'm good. You're welcome. We're good. That one I was, feel good. That was a freebie. You're Thank welcome. You. Okay. <laughs> so let's get to it. Oh, and for those that are listening uh, for the first time, uh, welcome. And to all of our current listeners, thank you guys so much. If you're driving, if you're at the gym, some of you, I love like some of the messages I get from people who are telling me, you know, how they listen to the podcast. It's been more and more interesting. Um, I won't go through all that, but people listen to this podcast and a lot of diff- doing a lot of different things. I'll just leave it at that. But regardless of how you're listening to it, what you're doing, I'm grateful. Paul's grateful. Thank you so much. So for those who don't know, I'm also the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is a digital marketing company for the trades since 2008. And Paul is our vice president of sales. Now, one of our two guests on the show today, and I go way back, like I'm saying I'm probably somewhere around maybe even 10 years ago. It's got to be maybe it's got to be close. So gotta be close. Gotta be close, man. And so I want to introduce our guests. Um, there's two gentlemen on here, which is a, which I think is a first for us, Tall Pauls, to actually have two guests at the same time. So this, so you guys, this is this we're rookies at having multiple guests at the same time. So um, I want to introduce first a friend of mine, uh, which is how this whole thing came up on having him as a guest. Um, friend of mine knows the industry so well, been in the game a long time. Um, and then I got to meet the other guests too, super smart guys. I'm going to have a lot of value on this. And, and so I'm excited to get into it. I want to introduce first my good friend, Mr. Mel Harris. Mel, what's up, my friend? Hola, muchacho. Oh boy. He's on one. And yes. for those of you just listening and you can't see him, he's actually got a muscle shirt on. He was pumping out some push-ups for the vets, right? What was that again that you were doing it for? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I was in the uh, Marine Corps for about 10 years, and uh, 
And uh, right now we have 22 veteran suicides every day uh, for combat veterans. And so uh, there, there's a movement to do 22 push-ups every day for 22 days to bring awareness to that uh, cause or, and, and to that, 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 that issue, which is a very grave issue. Good for you, man. I appreciate that. That's super cool of you doing that. Um, and thank you for your service. Thank you. Uh, Mel is the director of residential sales at Bosch, B-O-S-C-H, Bosch. And you're in Beantown. Is that right, Mel? That is true. Do Boston folks like when you say uh, Beantown? Title Town, as we like to say it. Title t- Oh, boy. Here we go. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. Here couldn't we resist. go. And also with my man, Mel, uh, national sales manager, for, also from Bosch, Mr. Dustin Gregoire. Dustin, how you doing, my friend? Doing great, gentlemen. Thanks for having us on today. You are most welcome. Thank you for joining us. So are you gentlemen prepared to jump in both feet? Let's get this show on the road, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so first and foremost, so our listeners uh, have an idea of what all y'all have done, just so you under- they understand kind of your background and where you're coming from whenever you're sharing your information. I do know Mel... Uh, Mel and I met back in his Carrier Corporation days, which is, gosh, somewhere probably early 2011, 12-ish, somewhere around there maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you were, well, let's just do this. Mel, go ahead and, and um, you go ahead and just share with our listeners a little bit of your history. And then, Dustin, you just go right when Mel's done. Yeah, okay. I, I've, uh, I've been in the, uh, the HVAC industry for 21, 22 years. Uh, I started at, at Carrier. Uh that's where that gray beard. Years, That's I, where that I gray beard for, came from. But that, that could be it. Uh, <laughs> I worked for uh, LG Johns Controls, and uh, and and now Bosch. And uh, you know, it's been it's been a great ride. It's it's been a great ride. But I, uh, you know, this this is uh, an industry that is, uh, you know, it's dynamic, but it's very niche. So oh. so it's, it's it's a very small industry. So a lot of people know each other. Yep, and you've been in the, you've been in it for twenty two years, which is older than years. Kyle, who produces this podcast. Man, <laughs> how does that class. make you feel? <laughs> All right, so and what were you doing mostly for, um, like when you were at Johnson Controls and Carrier? Just so, um, I mean, just share kind of a little bit more what you were doing. I mean, I started I started as a salesperson and a regional salesperson, a national sales manager. Um, you know, but, but mostly what, what I do is when, when companies want to change their, their, uh, sales profile and when they want to bring new products to market or whatever, that, that seems to, to be what, what my, 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 uh, main benefit is or what my specialty is, if you will, just, uh, you know, new, new products, uh, new channels, new markets, uh, that that's what I do. Cool. And you guys have a, uh, a pretty cool new product that we will get it. We will talk about. Um, a little bit later. So Dustin, uh, if you would, man, go ahead and, uh, share. Cause I don't know. I mean, I, Mel and I go way back, but you and I had just met recently. I could tell you're a smart guy, but go ahead and share, uh, what kind of a little bit of your history for the listeners. Yeah. So, so, um, I am a, uh, a, a Bosch, uh, card carrying Bosch, uh, <laughs> member been with Bosch now for, uh, 17 years. Uh, started probably back when I was 12. I, I, I think that's, uh, that's about <laughs> right. Um, and, and really have come up through the this division of Bosch, which which we call thermal technology, uh, which is made up of three different business sectors for us, uh, a tankless hot water business, um, a hydronic boiler business with Bosch and Buderis brand, 
and then our air conditioning business, both with unitary air conditioning and um, geothermal water source heat pumps. So, so I started uh, on the hot water side uh, many moons ago and uh, have done work on the technical support and troubleshooting and reconditioning side of the business. Uh, moved into sales probably 12 years ago and uh, and really haven't looked back. It's It's been a tremendous career for myself and a, a very rewarding experience uh, to, to A, work for the company and, and B, work with our contractor base on, on all of these different types of products and opportunities. So you bleed Bosch. I, I do bleed Bosch red. Okay. So question for both of you guys. And the, Did you cry when Tom Brady left? Mel's about to get fired up. <laughs> okay. First <laughs> off, I'm going to put it out here like this. I'm a Denver Broncos fan. This is my, this will be my 44th season as a Denver Broncos fan. Respectable. All right. Tom Brady is a wannabe, <laughs> you know, good riddance to him. I might live in title town, but I hate the Patriots. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Okay. Very clear. Uh, Dustin, but, what would be your stance? Dustin, you're in Dallas, right? <laughs> Yeah, so so I grew up in Vermont. I grew up in Vermont. So uh, so although I'm a uh, certainly a Red Sox fan, uh, I grew up a Peyton Manning fan. But what I got to say is, when, when in Rome, when in Rome, root for the Cowboys. Ooh, I don't know, <laughs> man. Hey, the, I, I will attest to that. I lived in Dallas for 21 months, and there's something you get down there. You don't want to love Jerry, and no one wants to love Jerry but you find yourself kind of loving the Cowboys. You go in there, you walk on the, the blue pearl into the big dome and something about it, man, it's in the air. Well, I'll tell you what guys, um, I disagree with uh, you, Dustin. Um, I am not a, a Cowboys fan. However, I will be there for Monday night football against my beloved Arizona Cardinals who will be victorious this season. Okay. And shout out to my, our old coach and my dear friend, Mr. Bruce Arians, uh, we wish he didn't leave, but uh, we're going to have a solid season. So I will be in Dallas and uh, watching my Cardinals whoop up on some cowboy ass. Okay, let's get into it. So, Paul, do you want to go ahead and kick this sucker off with some questions to tee these guys up to to, to share some of the goodness uh, for our listeners? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, Mel, you told us a little bit about your story, about kind of, you know, where you've worked and kind of getting into the trades, but you've seen a lot of things over the years. What are you seeing from your perspective that can be challenging to contractors, challenging to uh, business owners out there? What's uh, what are your what are your optics on that? Uh, I, I, I will say this, um, you know, t technology. There's actually a couple of different issues, but t technology is is uh, is being enhanced at, at such a pace that that when you know it's it's really hard to, to stay on top of. Of technological trends and innovations, uh, that, that's number one. Uh, you, you know, the, you know, the contractors in our uh, industry, you know, aren't necessarily known. I mean, they're fantastic. You, you know, when you're talking about pressures and you're talking about, you know, uh, applications and such. But but when you get into, you know, Facebook trends and Google this and biometrics and stuff like 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 that, that's that's very different. It's very new for us. And, and that leads into the, the other part of what I'm uh, going, going to talk about. And that's that we are undergoing a generational transition within our industry. And it, it's something that, I mean, at every level, the contractor, the distributor, 
and the manufacturing. It, it's something that, that that we are all being challenged by. And it's and, and, and frankly, uh, in in a lot of ways, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of us are being left behind the, the because we're, we're struggling to react instead of instead of being proactive. That, yeah. that that's what I think there's is something that, that I see. Yeah. And so from your position, like you're tasked with introducing products to the market and getting them pushed out through different channels, whether that's through distributors to ultimately to end consumers, like what kind of pressure does that put on you in your role? Like how can you help fix that, some of those problems to get people kind of more apt to technology and, and doing things the, the modern way? You know, we we, we make great products. Uh, and, and you know what, and, and I would venture to say that uh, all of our competitors make great products. If you didn't make a good product, you wouldn't still be in business. Right. But but with this generational shift, you know the the uh, millennials, and I'll pick on millennials here. They want to be marketed to a different way. They they, they want to be talked to a different way. They they want to be communicated with a, a, a different way. And you know finding finding out how to do that is 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 a separate challenge in each segment of our industry. And you know that's that that's what is, is one of the biggest problems confounding everyone. Uh, I, I love driving down the the, uh, the freeway or the, uh, the highway, or in my case, the uh, Mass Pike. And, and when I see a truck that says, you know, Joe's heating and cooling, in, in in previous lifetimes, that's all I needed to say was Joe's heating and cooling. But as Joe gets older and his kids taking over that company, you now see the the, uh, the thumbs up sign saying like us on Facebook. Or you know, or follow us on Instagram or, or whatever. And most of the contractors that I talk to don't have an Instagram account, okay. But but those are guys at, at my age. But as their kids are coming up, this is what they want. And and, and we as a, an industry need to do a better job of figuring out how to do that. And, and and the reasoning behind needing to do that is because you you need customers to be profitable. You 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 need to communicate to your your contractor. The distributors have to be communicated to, and so it's just it's just a a, a snowball that, that's rolling downhill. You got to jump in it. You, you know you're going to get left behind. Absolutely, and you know you and I talked a little bit about this before, but you know as a manufacturer or distributor, you kind of have a role in helping the contractor do these things, even though you're not a marketing company, even though you're not a social media company, and that's kind of where the territory manager comes in. Um, has the role of the territory manager changed? Have expectations changed? Like What's that look like to you? Well, you know, a lot of times in, in distribution, your your most successful territory managers are are people that have worked within that, that that territory for a long time, and they have long-standing relationships. You know that the, the long-standing relationship with that contractor might be with the contractor's father, the the other the other the business principal, and you know if if that territory manager does not start working down the ladder of of the family organization, of, of just the business organization, but but de developing relationships throughout the organization to make sure that because of attrition or because of retirement, that that, that you don't lose the the other uh, special place that that you have with that contractor, then that's gonna it's gonna be a problem. And our our contractors, just as we are in in general society, you know, you're dealing with different generations, and and the the other uh, territory managers have to adapt. You know, one. One, one thing I'll, I'll say or, or that I've noticed that, that we have is uh, literature and, and marketing materials. Uh, when, when you walk into a contractor's office or a, a distributor's uh, tech support area and you see big binders, 
that that gives you an idea of where these guys are relative to this generational shift. Uh, young contractors don't want to have to pull out a, a, a service man. What they want to do, if they're in somebody's attic or they're on somebody's roof, they want to be able to pull out their smartphone or their tablet and pull up a wiring diagram or pull, or pull up a sizing chart or something. You, you know, th those are the types of things. And, and, you know, older contractors may not be as comfortable with that technology, but that's where things are, are moving. And for the manufacturers, it's finding out where is the, the, the best place to be in the middle of that so that you can you know, provide each possible customer with what they need. Got it. Got it. Now we've never, it's, it's interesting because we focus so much on the trades and really we're very heavy handed in HVAC related content, but we've never really talked much about equipment on this show, but I want to talk a little bit about how you guys are going to market because the traditional way to go to market, if you're um, want to get a new product out there or whatever you kind of enter on the low end and kind of um, you know push in through price or whatever get in the price book but you guys are coming at it from a different angle like your leading product the, the one that you're entering into people's price books with is a high-end unit tell me a little bit about that well i i, I, I say this bosch you know mo most people when you say bosch they, they think about dishwashers uh bosch is actually the, the single largest privately owned company on the planet and Bosch is into everything, 400,000 employees, 66% uh, of our business is in automotive. You know, if you own a car that you're driving in the United States, it's got a lot of Bosch components. Really? I had no idea. But, but we're, we, we're with the uh, Thermal Technology Division, and, and Bosch is a, a, a hot water giant globally. Part of the reason I came to Bosch was that I knew air conditioning, but I didn't know hot water, and I wanted to, to learn hot water. So our product, when we came in, when we make new product decisions about what we're going to, to introduce, because we're coming into this market late, we look to see what was the most underserved portion or segment of the industry that we wanted to be in. And where it was is on the unitary side of the, 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 uh, the product offering, uh, nobody had a truly, a, a, a true inverter, a, a, a truly modulating in, inverter compressor. And so we decided to find a sweet spot for that, which was in that 18 to 20 CR range. And we, we brought it with a, 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 a very appealing price point. And, uh, and that's where we decided to make our entrance. And I mean, just in 2019, we introduced five new products. And that's another thing. Bosch is, is great at, at, at innovating. And we, we saw an opportunity and we tried to exploit that. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Got it. And, and this question is probably more for Dustin, but Dustin, for the contractors that are out there who've had success moving the new products uh, through your channel, like what are, you, what are you seeing their approach look like? Because it's not always easy. Not everybody wants to jump in and offer, offer new equipment. There's a lot of challenges there. Yeah, so, so um, you know, one of the things that I'm passionate about is, is, people maximizing um, every sales opportunity. Um, so, so we see our, 
our customer base that's currently using the product and sliding it into kind of a good, better, best pro proposition. Um, so, so they continue to stick with their main, main line suppliers of equipment on the low end, which we don't offer. And then also on the high end um, from a price point perspective. And, and they slide the Bosch uh, product right there in the middle. A, because we have a, a competitive price that Mel had alluded to. Um, we have some, some installation features and benefits that, that make the jobs oftentimes go quicker. Um, and then we have a, a strong brand recognition. So they slide it there in the middle and inherently what happens is, is the customers, especially now with, with everything that's going on, they say, well, maybe that top tier price is too much. Um, I don't want the cheapest thing out there. You know, I don't want to embarrass myself or what have you. So they kind of settle in that middle price point tier and the contractor makes more money. Um, why? Because our, our competitiveness on the front side um, for, for the equipment and, and the products that we're offering, um, but not just that, the ease of installation, um, non-proprietary thermostats on our equipment, um, oftentimes re being able to reutilize the same uh, line sets and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, our biggest challenge in the trades um, is manpower. There, there's not enough um, trained, skilled labor out there um, to do these jobs. So, so anything we can do as a manufacturer to speed up the process of an installation is money money in their pocket and and that's what we we've been able to do a pretty good job at got it and and the uniqueness of your product has um kind of created a little niche for your your customers during the COVID era is that right mel yeah well it, um you know our our uh ids system it uh it uh it, it operates with uh, just about anybody's air handler and just about anybody's uh controls so, 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 you know, the, the problem with, with COVID is that no one wants a contractor to come into your home to, to do anything. Uh, and, and with our, our system, all you really got to do is, is cut pipe on the pad, put our unit on, uh, rewire it, and, uh, and really just call the, 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 uh, the homeowner and say, you know, go, go and turn your, uh, your temperature down to 59. You know, if it makes cool <laughs> air, okay, I'll give you, a, <laughs> I'll send you a bill. <laughs> and, you know, it can be be on your way, but 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 that's really helped us. Uh, it's really helped us break out. And you know, and the, the other thing I want to say is that you know, right now in this country, we have the most intelligent and the most informed consumer base in the history of this nation, probably the history of the world. And everyone is doing their research, and and people are realizing that you know, if you spend a, a couple hundred bucks extra, uh, you know, that and and buy a more energy efficient product. It, it's gonna it's gonna pay for itself in a very short time. It's gonna save you money, and and, and that's another part of our value proposition. Yeah, P, uh, contractors don't do a good enough job keeping that stuff like the center of the message at all times, right? It just becomes kind of like supplementary, supplementary. Man, tripping over my words. Um, it becomes kind of secondary. So. <laughs> Um, now that's interesting perspective, Chris, I saw you leaning up to the mic. What did you want to toss in? There? I was actually just going to make fun of you, but that's okay. Man, I, st I can't even, hey, hey, I can't know, recover. Can I, say something? I, I just want to say you, you bring up an important point and it goes back towards the, the uh, generational shift that I was talking about. The, the uh, younger people who are taking over these, the, these contractors companies are, are some people that have gone to business school. They, they've, they've gone to college and they're coming in and they're not just making decisions based on who my dad's buddy was 
but they're making decisions based on what can I sell the most of so that I can make the most money with the highest profit. Right. And, and they're doing their research and, and they are then coming in and they are catering to, to these consumers who, who get online and, and research stuff before they make a major purchase. And, and our equipment isn't considered a major purchase. And so, and, and, and so contractors that, that are not doing this are, are actually hurting themselves by, by not going and catering to this, this, this new need or this new trend you know, within our broader society. Yeah. And, and most of them are slow to market anyway with these types of changes that are required. And I'm afraid plenty are going to get left behind. Like, I don't know what that's going to look like when there's mass adoption, you know, like the, I call it the, the Uber moment, right? Where now the expectation is um, so much different than what the norm is that people can't keep up, right? And taxi companies right. are out of business, but that that's a completely, completely separate conversation. So um, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I got a quick. I just want to jump back on something real quick, and I might shift gears just because you guys know I've listened before. That's how my brain works. Um, I get caught up on something, then I can't stop thinking about it. Um, I want to go back to this TM thing real quick. You guys cool with that? Um, yeah. You don't really have a choice. Uh, <laughs> so um, the territory manager job is incredibly difficult uh, if you're doing it correctly. I believe, and I've never been a territory manager, but I've certainly worked with hundreds of territory managers and understand the volume of things they get thrown at them that they have to do. Um, but I want to talk about this for a second because I do believe it's a key role in the partnership between you and whomever your manufacturer is that you're working with. So what, and for all those listening, what the point I want to get to with this is I want you to understand really what you should expect from your territory manager. Like how can you really lean on your TMs and or your sales reps from your manufacturers to get the most out of them, or I should say to get the best support out of them to help you succeed. So I'd ask you Mel or Dustin, either one or both of you in your world, and you guys have gobs of experience in this, but in your world, in Bosch world, what, what can a contractor expect or should expect from their sales rep or their, their territory managers. Hey, Dustin, I'll let you go in and answer this one. Yeah. So, so, so from my perspective, um, you know, tr training is integral, um, from, from a manufacturing standpoint, the, the resources that, that we all have, um, you, you know, I would say are, are inherently superior just because of the economies of scale we have. Um, so, so the resources that, that we give those people um, to go out and empower, um, empower contractors is, is really um, imperative to, to the long-term success. Um, so, so from my perspective, contractors should really be asking for that cutting edge information and um, uh, the resources that are available to them. Um, for, for example, we, we've gone to a lot of online learning um, you, you know, people are, are trying to get the work done, uh, do more with less, right? Um, less time during the day and, and not wanting to take hours out of their, their billable day, right? Um, so we've moved a lot of our training platforms online, whether they be uh, interactive or videos um, with quizzes and, and this sort of thing. Yet people, the engagement from the field still has a, a preference or a drive towards in-person training. And and our experience really tells us it's more about um, the contractor's comfort level with some of these mediums of, of, of 
recovering this information or gathering this information and and not um, not necessarily their their knowledge of it being available so so that that to me is a really critical um, really critical um, asset that, that our TMs and and distributor TMs can provide to the contractor in the field Paul was an old school TM for Linux back in the day and uh, Paul's on mute that's a rookie move. 2008. And it's interesting because, um, you know, I didn't know anything about the business, nothing about, I didn't know how to program my own thermostat. And to some of the contractors, I was absolutely uh, to quote John Donahoe from Steel Brothers in Littleton, Colorado. I'm calling you out. He called my boss the first time I visited him and he said, Thanks for giving me this new TM. He's worthless as a goose shit. Okay. <laughs> That's how he described me. And then for the nature of our relationship, he called me goose shit forever. Right. And I still, I, I'll refer to myself as goose shit, um, but he meant it. He wasn't joking because in his eyes, if I couldn't come in and be the smartest person in the world about a gas furnace and have the cheapest price and take him to lunch and take him to play golf and take him to a strip club. Yeah. I said that this, that, this is how it used to be. Right. That's how it used to be. The TM relationship was, it was, um, you know, this whining and dining type of old school relationship. And some of those still exist right now. That's one client. I have another client who knew I didn't know anything, taught me everything I needed to know, but counted on me to help him with his website and with his marketing and to, you know, help him navigate, um, you know, a massive company. So it's the TM's role to help the customer help, contractors find the path of least resistance in working with a massive company. So anyways, yeah, I called would, me, he called me goose shit. I, dude. Hey, Paul, I, I, you know, goose shit is serious. All right. <laughs> and and, and that's, that, that's serious right there. But, but I will tell you, I'm, I'm going to go even more old school. And it, it is one of the uh, tenants that, that, that I demand in, in my organization. And that's answer your damn phone. Oh yeah. Number right? one. Any Number good one. TM, you answer when, when, when your when your customer needs you, you. Every contractor should expect that when they call their TM, I don't care Saturday, Sunday, during the freaking Super Bowl, right? Answer your phone. That yeah. you are absolutely right, and I can't tell you. I mean, and you don't get one strike. There are zero strikes zero. available zero. for not calling back and texting someone back is not not the answer. Um, yeah, you are absolutely right. That's 95% of the job is just being reliable and the rest you can fill in with whatever your skill set is. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting though, because I've hired younger TMs who they get that call from that guy who they know is going to put them in a tough spot and they don't answer it. And then there's this anxiety and this like, um, you know, pressure to get back. You're hoping they figured it out in time. Um, and it only takes one or two of those. And then you switch from one brand to another. Like, it's like that. It's, it's so important. So all that to say, in this COVID era, manufacturers and distributors have had to pull their TMs off the streets, right? And they've had to um, teach them how to do things like Zoom and join me or whatever and start conducting these types of conversations with their customers. And as you evaluate it, you might look at it and say, hey, we're just as efficient without going around and you know, going to 10 contractors a day or eight contractors a day, maybe we should look at things differently. Do you think the model for territory managers will change after this? Like, what are your teams doing right now? Or, or yeah, what, what are you seeing out there? Dustin? Yeah, I mean, um, 
the, the life we, the position we're in moving forward is going to look much different than what it, what it did before. Um, we're going to see some similarities and, and whatnot, but, um, you, you know, one of the things I expect, um, for, for contractors to see and, and really out of our teams to do is to provide some level of diversification for that contractor, um, and, and really be business partners for them. So, so being more as coaches, um, you, you know, so, so I would expect, um, everybody looking to capitalize on, on every dollar and every contact they have. And, and I think contractors, A, should be prepared for that communication, um, but B, also be open-minded to it. Um, every, every time the, that they're in a home, um, it is a business opportunity. Um, maybe, maybe you're a plumber today and you're installing a Bosch tankless water heater. Great. Um, perhaps that customer has a, an area that they have trouble cooling and it would be an appropriate spot for a Bosch mini split, right? And re relying on those those TMs to to provide you with these business opportunities and training is going to be is going to be critical. And from my perspective, that is where manufacturers and distributors are going to start focusing their time is in is less on um, what do you want than than and more about how do we grow our business collectively and how do I bring more business opportunities. Um, for you to capitalize on as a contractor. Yeah, I want to be super clear when I say this because, again, this is my perception. I've never been a territory manager, sales rep, none of those things. But if you're all in there just for the PL, man, just for the purchase order, you're already going down the wrong path. Like, you have to bring value. And, if, and I want any of our contractors listening to milk that value out of their sales rep or their territory manager and lean on them so heavy because I've seen so many times when you do and you get their full support, they're coming to you with new thing with new things or new solutions to help problems. If they if they truly listen, I'll say the best marketing strategy ever is care. If you genuinely care, you you as a TM, a sales rep, a district manager, or whatever doesn't matter, national sales manager. You care about solving them problems. You care about partnering with them, air quotes, and solving their problems. And that looks like a few things. Helping them with new partners or new partnerships they have. Bringing new technology to them. Giving them marketing collateral. Doing training. Things of this nature, I think, help strengthen that partnership. And then it becomes more about, you know, like, for for instance, with I'll use Rhino as an example. Um, you got to, if, if my partners come to me with valuable things, if my partners uh, come to us with solutions, even though I might not like it or choose it, they're still coming to me trying to help solutions for my customer. So I believe that the the TM role, the sales rep role, I'm not sure what you what you know what Bosch calls if it's territory manager territory manager role, but it's a hard job if you're doing it right, right. And I think that you have to um, rely on. Listen, Bosch is a phenomenal brand. It's, it's massive, like you heard Mel talking about. They've spent millions and millions of dollars of building credibility around this brand. Lean on those things, right? You've got it. They've put in the work and the effort. Use those things. So as a territory manager, you know, if I, if I was to be in that role, I'd want to be as tight as I possibly can with my contractors and not just go in there looking for the purchase order, man. Now, and, and I got to tell you that 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 is a great a great point, Chris. Uh, you know those those TMs those those guys 
don't last. Uh, and, and, and when I, I say that, I, I have to also say in the same breath that contractors, co contractors can be great technicians, but they have to be good salespeople as well. And, you know, if you are, if you are in a customer's home and you are not looking to see what else they might need, you're again doing a disservice to yourself and to your company. Right. You, 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 you have got to be uh, willing to ask the question. You, you ask, the, ask the customer, ask the question, what, what are they going to do? Say no? They say, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. But ask the question, because I'll tell you, that the, other, the other thing besides the generational shift, we see a lot of blurring of the, the, the other lines where a lot of plumbers are, are installing mini splits. And they're installing mini splits, not because they, they're HVAC certified, but because they go in and they start talking with the customer while they're installing their tankless hot water heater or their boiler. And it's like, you know, you, you could use a mini split there. What, I can do that for you. All right, plumbers are doing it and taking business from HVAC contractors just because the contractor doesn't answer, doesn't ask the question. You know, so, so we all need to, we all need to, to, to change and grow and, and tighten our game up. And, and that TM or the contractor, the, the, the other TM needs to help the contractor to understand that they need to do that. Yeah, you're absolutely one right. The, uh, one of the things I would just add to, to what Mel was saying is, you know, we focus so much on, on equipment technology, ours or somebody else's or what have you. Um, and, and technicians are in large, very, very highly skilled um, employees and assets for your organizations but but it's time to start focusing on the the sales and business aspect of, of your people as well how, how do we how do we make more money it's not just having a guy that knows what he's doing on the job but it's it's about maximizing those touch points and, and really understanding um, how business works yeah one of the things that stands out to me was was um, discovered during some research around uh, it's called the American Home Comfort Study that we've talked about a little bit on the show before, but uh, homeowners can barely remember the name of someone who installed their system two years ago. And that's back to what you said, Mel, about, you know, you see the guy's name on the truck and that's all you needed to see. And now you see the thumbs up for Facebook. Like branding is a 24-7 game. And we'll have some of our, uh, you know, contractors in our network that will pose the question of, Hey, is Instagram worth it? Is, is Facebook worth it? Is, is, um, you know, it's, um, what's the other one? Like when our kids use Snapchat, is Snapchat worth it? Of course it's worth it. Like look at the cost, right. For branding and brand all the time. Of course it's worth it, but people just have this barrier to, to branding for some reason. Chris, I can see you getting yeah. fired up. Yeah. Well, I mean, Listen, this whole like TikTok called this conversation is crazy. TikTok, that it was, was it. It's crazy. I think that thought that's where you were going. Um <laughs> but I don't know. Like um I think branding is key. Like you know, uh, branding has never been more important, I believe ever, but if you don't have it, lean on your manufacturer's brand, okay? Like if you didn't hear me say anything else, lean on that, okay? Use that credibility until you can build up your own brand and you can co-brand or do whatever and then brand yourself whatever, but lean on that stuff with your manufacturer partners for crying out loud. So real quick, um, we're getting, we're getting close to time. So I want to be respectful of that. Um, Mel and Dustin, this is a question for both of you. What should keep contractors up at night right now? I don't, and I'm not going to say the, the C word, the 
because I'm sick of saying it over the last few months, but right now, what should keep the contractors up at night? What should they be thinking about? What should be bugging them? Um, I'll, I'll go first, and, and I will say the C word. COVID <laughs> is, the, is the biggest thing in all of our lives right now, but, but, but not just because you're, you're worried about getting sick, but we're worried about what it's going to do to the economy. Right. And are, are people going to have the, the uh, money or the, the resources to buy our products? Uh, to repl- are, are they going to buy new products? Or are they just going to repair what they've got? Th- those are the types of things that, that the contractors need to be thinking about. And, and the most important aspect of that is how are you going to differentiate yourself from your competitors so that people are calling you and not calling them. Sure. What about cost? I mean, you feel like people are going to be like maybe even more sensitive on costs. I mean, you think that's a factor? Well, it it is. And, and and I mean, and this is a, uh, you know, I was having a conversation this morning about globalization, you know, that, that, that's a term that, 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 uh, that, that most Americans don't even know. And, you know, our, our economy is not isolated. Our, our economy is intertwined globally. So, so we, we can't do uh, well if the rest of the world is, is faltering. And the rest of the world can't do well if the United States is, is, is faltering. So we need to make sure, as manufacturers, we are taking steps to mitigate those issues to make sure that we can still deliver quality products at a, a, a reasonable price. That, that that's what what our what our goal is. That that's what what our goal is. Dustin. Yeah, and, and, and from my side, I mean, uh, taking globalization um, or, or being part of a global economy one step further. Um, you know, we we see and hear right now of, of supply chain issues for from all walks of life. It doesn't matter. I mean, it could be toilet paper, um, could be air conditioning or plumbing products or what have you. Um, I, I think that speaks volume to the, uh, should speak volumes, let's say, to the HVAC um, industry, um, because those those contractors are the ones that are predominantly aligned with one brand, um, right? I'm a carrier guy, I'm a train guy, wh- whatever the case is, and um, having some level of, of diversification and, and secondary options as as uh, product offerings just to help curb your risk as an organization. Um, I think is really imperative, especially uh, in times like we're in right now. Look at you here. He went, he came out guns blazing. But Dustin, <laughs> I got to tell you, there's going to be something extra in your Christmas bonus. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Mel, I mean, if I may, you know, we opened up the show about it being Christmas in July, but how do we get on the topic of, of Christmas and Santa Claus anyway? Oh, well, just, uh, I think y'all were looking at my beard and me, you know, with all my chocolatey deliciousness, all this gray in my beard just stands out. It makes me look like black Santa Claus. And, I- and, and we shared with you that behind our camera, we have a Santa Claus in our office and we're not going to tell his story. We may have already told it. We've told it. Yeah. We've told yeah. it. He's shaking his head. Yeah. He okay. don't want us to tell it again. Yeah. Hey, I, I think you should, as we end up, I think we need to talk about my interview question. Ooh. Yeah, I was going to ask you because okay. I'll, I'll tell you what, um, th- today my son applied for a job and one of the questions on the interview form was, do you drive a Honda Element um, and why is it your favorite car? And I was like, what? And wow. he, he said, how do I answer this? And I was like, well, um, I'm not answering it for you, but 
I mean, would you rather drive a Honda Element or a Honda Ridgeline? And he's like, okay, I know how to answer this. So um, yeah, I thought that was a good question. But what's your question? What's the one question you ask, the killer question? So uh, as I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it, we caught it in the, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the opening part of the segment, but th this is my 44th season as a Denver Broncos fan. <laughs> I, uh, I do not like the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't like the Chargers and I for damn sure don't like the Raiders. So if you're coming to work at Bosch, you're coming to work for me in any capacity. The last <laughs> question on the interview is, are you a Raiders fan? <laughs> and I, I got to tell you, uh, so, somebody questioned me is like, are you sure you can ask that question? So I had to self-report myself to HR. <laughs> and, I, uh, and they said, you know, we've never had anything like this come up before. So they had to send it up to higher headquarters. And, uh, and they said, look, there is nothing in the employee handbook that says you can't ask somebody about their sports team's affiliations. So yeah, luckily nobody has ever admitted to being a Raiders fan. So you, it's never you been never an issue. Know. You never, never know if it's a good thing to, um, you know, to have to create a new line in the HR handbook or if it's not in there. But <laughs> say they've got like an editable mail file. But just, I did self-report myself. I did self-report. Well, yeah. I've been banned Stand from... I've been banned from all interviews at Rhino, with the exception of uh, the social. So actually, no, I even got banned from that. So I'm not allowed to be in any interviews anymore. Actually, now that I think of it, um, which is okay with me because that process can be a daunting task. But um, guys, before we wrap up here too, I just want to make sure that if um, if anyone wanted to get a hold of you um, about you know, uh, potentially adding Bosch as a line or anything like that, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you guys? Dustin? Yeah, so, uh, um, you, you know, I am uh, active on LinkedIn, and, and I've provided that information. We can, um, you know, I'm sure you guys will get that information up shortly. Um, I have no problem providing my contact information, although my last name is so difficult to pronounce, I'll, I'll spare it and, and not provide an email address. Um, but Dustin Gregoire, my direct cell phone number is 802-922-3562. Um, I do answer my phone and I do call people back. So, um, you know, pr prove me right or prove me wrong. And, uh, you, you know, maybe somebody can report back to you guys and see how we do. Um, other than that, you know, you can contact uh, Bosch directly at 866-642-3198 or uh, visit www.bosch-climate.us and uh, do some research on all of our great products and, and get contact information there as well. What I heard was he wants you to text baby kittens. Wait, kittens are babies anyway, aren't they? Kitten pictures <laughs> all hours of the night, anytime. That's what I heard. That's what I heard him say. Um, never know. Listen, I can use all the distraction in my marriage I, that you guys can provide. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, boy, we've derailed. I, it's all my fault. I apologize, guys. Hey, listen. He, he's got a one-year-old at home. So, yeah, uh, he's been drafted uh, home with the wife gotcha. and the kids. Gotcha. I see. Well, I'm glad those days have passed. I've got a five-year-old. I, I, I do have to ask one question. Dustin, how old is Walker Harris? Walker Walker Harris is uh, <laughs> how old is he? He's 14 months now. Okay, he's 14 Uncle. months. And I got to tell you, about two weeks ago, um, we're, we're FaceTiming. And his 14-month-old, who's a big kid, has discovered how to open the front door. 
Okay, that's oh what he's been dealing with. Oh Chase the one year old around. I want to I want to back this train up a little bit. So is Walker Harris is Harris's middle name or last name? Because if the, the implications of that answer are going to make this go longer. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha, gotcha, got it. It's more of an yeah. alias. The, okay, the, got the it. Middle name is more of an alias. I tried um, to that, get that him, to, him. I tried to get him to name his child after me, and he <laughs> wouldn't. So now I just call the kid Walker Harris. <laughs> I like it. I like and I figure it. as he gets older, if I say it enough times, he'll he'll start it's calling. It's going to be his nickname. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, it's a good name. Sounds like a Western. Well, I like it. Jeez. Okay, you guys, listen. This is getting out of hand. Um, although uh, I'm thankful I no longer have a one year old, but uh, sometimes I do kind of miss those days until you go and visit, you know, the one year old a couple yeah, you days. You visit other people. And then you, and then you get to leave, and it's way better. So, hey, listen, um, appreciate you guys coming on here and sharing some of the insight. And yes, we will share some of the contact info for any of those who might want to reach out directly. One thing that we found from the podcast that has been. Um, universally put out there is that everybody's willing to help everybody. Um, and what we believe is you give without expectation. Um, but that's how we roll. But everybody is really wanting to help. And I've seen a lot of that step up over the last few months, people stepping up and even being more helpful. So if you don't have it figured out, ask questions, reach out. People will, people will be willing to help you. I promise. Uh, and if you would, rather reach out to myself or Paul directly through the to the point podcast, Facebook page or whatever. You're more than welcome to do that. And we can pass on your information and connect you with uh, Mel or Dustin or whatever is easy for you. But guys, thank you so much for coming on here. Um, I appreciate the insight. Um, and then Paul, do you have any, uh, any closing comments for our listeners? No, I, I'm looking forward to sharing with uh, everyone what our next few weeks look like. Chris and I are headed up to Jackson hole, Wyoming to live, off the grid and on horses for five days. Yeah. So imagine Cristiano with no MacBook, no, no AirPods. We're going to no be like, like, we're going to be like young guns. Yeah. We're going to be something. And I'm Emilio Estevez. All right, guys, listen, listeners, thank you so much uh, for tuning in again. And uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Mel, Dustin, appreciate you guys. Hey, thank you for having us on. Man. We appreciate it. Awesome. You guys listening, have thank a you. great rest of the week. See ya. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.